Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your boy Corey, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Welcome back for another week of the Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit, such a such a good show, man. Yes, we just um, finished watching episodes three and four, and so we're just going to break it down and give you our opinions on the episode, what we liked, what we didn't like, definitely. what it made us feel. I know. I feel like these two episodes were definitely feeling episodes. Yes, for right? sure. It took you on a, on a very... Um, like a dusty emotional journey. And mm-hmm. I say dusty meaning like... Yeah, explain dusty. Dusty to me is, is in a way kind of translates to like slow and drawn out. Okay. Right? Yeah, I like, can see that. You kind of accumulate dust over time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can see that. Yeah, it was like a dusty... It didn't feel like it was long, but it didn't also like make your heart jump. It just like made you sink into the the darkness of the stuff that was happening in your emotions so mm-hmm. i appreciated that one it was just uh, y'all we don't want to stop no i <laughs> we said do not press next press next we do not want to stop but we are doing it uh to to better package episodes for y'all because i'm sure we can just watch it all the way through we probably should have yeah and i think the next episode will be the final three episodes yeah we'll do three instead so, of just two yeah, so we'll be finished with the next one. So if you have any ideas on what we should do next, what movie we should do, um, what series we should do, please let us know so we can get started on that. But definitely just hopping in. Do you want to break down what happened in these two episodes? Yeah. I feel like a lot happened. It, it was. It was a setup. That's why I was, that's why I was dusty. A lot of yeah. stuff happened. Yeah. Um, it's, we started off in Cincinnati, six, mm-hmm. 1663. What a year. 1963. Um, she's at a tournament, and this is like Beth and um, what's her mom's name? Alma. Alma. This is Beth and Alma's first tournament. Um, that, you know, they get to a nice hotel mm-hmm. or whatever. You kind of get the feeling that, like, they haven't really been to a hotel before. I got that feeling. Maybe you don't. Maybe, like, they've been to, like, motels that mm-hmm. are, like, real kind of cringy because they walk in, they're kind of, like, awed in the room and they're like oh i asked for a good room and i got one so i kind of got the feeling of like oh maybe this is like a thing for them because they haven't really been to hotels and they're about to start living lavishly but that's interesting because i kind of took it the other way like they they were like too good and like this was like a cheap well i took it as um alma thinking that because i think that this was definitely um beth's first time in a hotel her jumping all on the bed yeah but alma i feel like she'd definitely been in a hotel before and she was like hmm, this will do right 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 i can see that yeah so they're there and um she goes to the tournament and of course as she always does at the tournaments as we know she's kicking ass yeah. taking names doing it real easy um so that's that happened the mom alma Asked Beth for ten percent. Beth gives her fifteen to be her agent, uh, which, which we knew. I knew that was going to happen, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I, I knew this was the route that it was going to happen, right? Like, but I feel like it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, maybe not as bad to an extent. Bad at moments. I, she had moments. We'll yeah. talk about those moments. Okay. Uh, Beth finally explains why she loves the game of chess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's really a, a really deep dive moment that I'll go into a little bit later. But that happens in episode three. Um, she meets with the apple pies, the social group, right? And, <laughs> the uh, apple pies. Yeah, the apple pies. That was crazy. First off, I love apple pie, my favorite pie. Oh, my God. Uh, but that was awkward, mad awkward. Yeah. Okay. We learned a lot about Beth in that little scene, too. Yeah, I was going to say it was awkward, but I feel like we learned a lot. So. Right. And then like we that. move on to Vegas, which is about three years later mm-hmm. in uh, 66, where they've been talking about Vegas for forever in the show. So we're finally here. It's and we Vegas. see that she's grown up. She's she grown, is yes. a woman. Well, and I'm trying to clock her age because remember when she was leaving the orphanage? She, she said she was 15. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was like a couple years later. So to me, she's actually older. And I got to go back and watch this. I need to go clock her age because. Well, she said she was 15, but then. They tried to tell her that she was like. 13. 13, right? So her actual age is by the time she 
you know, it, it is now, I'm thinking she's like 19. Right. Right? Okay, so it's Vegas, 66. She's older. You can tell she's kind of somewhat coming into herself and becoming like a different woman, a different person. Mm-hmm. She has an awkward uh, run into her kind of old love interest. Lame. Yeah, very awkward. Very awkward. You know? Yeah, I got the chess board in the room if you want to come up to the room. She's like, oh, the room? We can play chess. I can be the king and you can be the queen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was awkward because I I guess his lover came in. Yeah, I was really kind of confused by that because I was like, wait. <laughs> is this what I think it is? Right. And I'm guessing, you know, it's the 60s, so they got to be on a down low. Right. But but he was definitely feeling her. He could be bi. I mean, he could be feeling both of them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely was in there. He's trying to get some of that thing. For sure. <clears throat> he, trying to, he was trying to get some of that Queen's Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, sir. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, okay. I'm, I will never use that again. But yeah, that, that happened in, um, in Vegas. I think we also see that the mom is, she obviously has an issue with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she isn't sloppy. Right. right, she's like what we would call functioning alcoholic. Functioning right? alcoholic, yeah. Because even Beth was like, "Don't you do? Do you ever think that it's the alcohol that's making you sick?" Which and was she definitely said, a foreshadow, right? And she said, "I've always had a relationship with alcohol, or something like yeah. that." So you can tell that she's been. It's high time for me to consummate, and they yeah. do a toast. So I'm like, "Yeah, like she has a problem. She has yeah. an issue." And Beth picked up on that. Yeah, and then we also see that she starts introducing Beth to alcohol. Yeah, and diff- in various forms, right? Like, I suppose you have, but little does she know, Beth been getting down with a whole bunch of other stuff, <laughs> true. right? Very true. So, yeah, d- does she introduce Beth? I guess by the show standards, I'm assuming if this is real life, Beth already has flirted with alcohol, uh, just knowing the background of Beth. Right, and just a second, I want to say that throughout this whole thing, I kind of feel like... Um, Alma wants to be a mom, but since she is alone, she also wants a friend. Right. So, which is kind of what sparked the whole adoption. Right. And so, right. Because, um, Alton was like your companion, you know, called her, her companion. And so I think we see throughout this that, um, Beth kind of got to do whatever she wanted, mm-hmm. right? Because everything she did almost just like, yeah, just okay, be safe, be safe, be yeah, careful can... what you smoke, <laughs> right, right. And I think that that's what we, if we pause, let's pause and and somewhat dive here. Okay. How do you feel about that style of parenting? So I feel. I, I think I have mixed emotions because I think there has to be a line. Right. I think that, and it's kind of different. Just, I, f- I feel, and take everything I say with a grain of salt because obviously I'm not a parent. Right. So um, I feel like there, it's a little bit tricky since she came in as a teenager already. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to gain that trust from somebody who has been alone for their whole life up to this point. Right. right? And so I feel like she wants, and I feel like a lot of moms want to be liked by their children. Especially the daughter. Right. Because they also want that friendship. And I think that there has to be a line. Like, I think moms should be friends to their daughters, but I think there also has to be a line of, I am here to guide you. I can be nice to you and we can be friends, but I also need to keep you on the right road so you don't go off the deep end. Right. But I also feel like Alma has trouble with her own self. And so it's kind of hard for her to steer somebody in the right direction if she's not in the right direction. Right. You know? She's sitting in the backseat too. Yeah. Um, no, what do you think about it? About that style of parenting. That yeah. is not a style of parenting that I grew up on. Yeah, um, me either. That's why I say, and I grew up with a stepmom who came in when I was a teenager. So she has no children of her own. So it was kind of, I guess, the same situation, yeah. right? So we definitely went back and forth a lot when I was a teenager because she, I grew up in the style of parenting that's like, I'm not your friend, I'm your mom. Or I'm not your friend, I'm your parent. And I don't care if I make you mad because 
I want the best for you. Right. And now that I'm older, obviously I see that and I appreciate the heck out of that. But as a teenager, I definitely was very, I guess. Rebellious, maybe? No, I wasn't really rebellious. I just had a smart mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Like I didn't, the only, I think the, I would say the only time I really acted out was like talking back. Right. And I definitely got smacked. <laughs> no, nah, I feel you. That just wasn't, and I don't even, I, I'm sure we can even get into it culturally, but I just don't think that that was something that my parents are very much so, um, my mother's very cerebral. My dad was an enforcer. Uh, and please don't take that in any way. Like my dad was just whooping my ass every day. <laughs> uh, I was a family snitch. So like I never got in trouble. <laughs> I was but, about to say, Corey didn't get in trouble. Yeah. Um, but when I did, we, it was, we just always knew, you know, that you knew there was a limit. But the thing is that my parents, them being kind of the levelers of everything mm-hmm. and, and there's a duality to both of them. I never felt as if I couldn't go to my parents. Mm-hmm. Right. So I couldn't, I never, I didn't feel like I knew that there was boundaries that I could not push. Right. But I also knew that in a pinch, if I needed a friend, I can go to my parents. Right. And so by no means do I think my parents are perfect. And by no means do I think that their parenting style was perfect. But it was damn near close to me. Mm-hmm. It, but I also think that the way that they did that also led to like a couple of my insecurities. Right. And that may be because of the amount of people who are in my family. That may be because maybe I wanted more of a friend than like the authoritative figure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that one mix works to make a, a, a batter for pancakes. But in this case, for Beth, here's what I'll say. I'll almost say that there's a part of uh, Alma who who believes that Beth is smarter than her. Mm-hmm. And Beth is her only shot. More successful. She's more successful. Right. She makes the money. Almost nothing without Beth. Right. Austin left. Right. If Alma leaves, I mean, if, if Beth leaves, Alma has nothing. Right. She's living uh, the life that she wants to. She's getting to travel. Mm-hmm. She's getting to see the world. She's getting to drink alcohol all the time. She <laughs> met Manuel. We'll go into that a little bit later, but that happened in episode four. But anyway... I just want to talk real quick about mm-hmm. that style of parenting. It seems to, in this story, work well. Right. So kudos to her for that. Besides the fact that, like, for us, we're going to say that she's, oh, she's doing this, that, and the third. Well, you know, when you're a kid genius and you're almost a grandmaster at chess at that age, maybe you can do some of that stuff, you know? But also, you think back to the times. They were doing a lot of things that we frown upon Right, now you know, they're in, it's the at 60s. that age. Right, so things change. So, um, good point. But hop back into Vegas, 1966. Um, so, we, like we talked about, the mother obviously has a problem with alcohol. We run into, um, actually, back in Cincinnati, we meet Benny Watts. Mm-hmm. But... Benny Watts runs into Beth again in Vegas and spots an error in Beth's game, mm-hmm. which actually causes her to lose. Right. And I knew that when he did that, I knew that she was going to spiral into, because she's so analytical about her game. She goes over, she goes over every play she makes and sees where the error is and I knew when he called her out she was going to fixate on that one thing and it was going to throw her off and then when she was playing him I knew it was going to get in her head yeah and she did exactly what he what he said she didn't do she shouldn't do and she lost so Mm -hmm. here we are seeing the first time that uh, she loses and boom then we move on to episode four where Beth is learning how to speak Russian Mm mm-hmm and Beth has sex, possibly for the first time, mm-hmm. but I'll dive into that a little bit later. Um, she's drinking and smoking. She's dancing. She's letting loose. She seems like she's a normal teenager. I was about right? to say, she's finally hanging out with people her age. Right. Who she feels like she kind of somewhat fits in with them who mm-hmm. are, they're free spirits, man. Right. They're like, let's do drugs. Let's have sex. We're going to go to the movies in the morning, mm-hmm. but I'm going to leave you a doobie. You know what I'm saying? Like, she feels like she kind of fits in there. Right. It was a fun time for her. So good to see her doing that. She graduates high school, um, which I bet she could have did 
six years ago. She's so right. damn smart. This is true. So I don't know why, you know, they kept this going. They should have just advanced her out and just put her in a college. Um, then she goes, they go to Mexico City, which, by the way, if you've never been to Mexico City, um, I recommend. Very nice place. Mm. Um, but they go to Mexico City and Alma meets up with Manuel, her mm-hmm. pen pal, who she's probably cheating on Austin with, you know, at right. least emotionally. Right. Uh, I'm talking about we traded photos, but back then I'm I'm sure it wasn't risque, but it was risque enough, you know, like right. some lingerie that was like, you know, right, kind of poking out. Anyway, uh, but still, pen pal behind the back of your husband mm-hmm. sending photos, y'all cheating. But anyway, so she meets up with Manuel. They go to this tournament. Beth starts looking, in my opinion, starts looking a little bit too far ahead. She underestimates her opponent. She meets the little Russian kid. Um, she finally looking too far ahead because she she knew that she was going to end up playing Borgov or yes yes okay. Borgov. Borgov Borgov there you go and then actually there's a scene in there where when she starts to play him when he walks up the little kid walks up Borgov walks right past her mm-hmm. she stares at him they stare at each other and and she, and he comes comes to sit down to meet Beth and she kind of like dismisses him and this is classic like. And you've played sports before, but everybody who knows plays sports. Sometimes you get somebody on your schedule, and you're like, "Oh, we gonna whoop their ass, right?" Like I'm, so I'm looking to next week. Mm-hmm. Who are we playing next week? And I don't respect my opponent now, and somehow that opponent gets close to winning or mm-hmm. wins. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Wait, do I suck?" And it's usually like, in this case, it wasn't, but in sports, it's usually like the worst team yes. in the in the. Um, you're like, we about to in a division or whatever. Yeah. Right, we about to. We're about to crank them out. <laughs> we don't even need to practice. We, we need to do nothing because we're about to whip their ass. And at halftime, you come into halftime, everybody's quiet. Mm-hmm. Right? The coach comes in and flips the table. Like, why are we losing to, to these people? Break, breaks the clipboard. Right. I'm why, having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> why is it 7-7 seven, seven right now against Sam Houston, which when I was growing up, this is Arlington School. So if you went to Sam Houston, I apologize, but I really don't. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not sorry. Trash. Trash sports school. We always killed them in basketball, and we always murdered them in football. I mean, like, we're putting up 70 points in football. But I do recall one time where it was a little bit too close for comfort. Okay, we're down. We're up by, like, maybe 14 when we should be up by 60. So I feel it. So that's what I'm saying. In this moment, she's looking a little bit too far ahead. She underestimates her opponent. But then she lets the Russian kid know, hey, you're the best person I played. And what did he say? Until you play Borgov. Yeah. Because <laughs> he know. But I, there was a really, we'll talk about it, but there was a deep moment in that. And that's part of my deep dive later. You're, mm, I kind of want to say something now, but I don't know if it's part of your deep dive. It's, it's part of my life lesson. Okay. Well, um, I just want to say what I noticed in this moment when she is playing the little kid. Obviously... He's attracted to her, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he kind of hits on her, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's admiring her too. Like he's like in awe, you know? Yes. So also I want to go back. Everything that's been in the papers and the magazines about her, she said, has been because she's a woman. It hasn't been about the way she plays the game. It hasn't been about the way she um, dominates her opponents. It's just that she is a woman in this field. And so... I recognize that obviously that hurts her because mm-hmm. why is she not seen as an equal? She's killing all of these people. Why is she not seen as an equal? In this scene, I saw her start to play into the fact that she is a woman. Right. Oh, she definitely so did. So she's walking around flaunting her skirt, trying to like she started to play get him. him riled up. Yeah. Because he's a kid who has a crush on her. And so I was like, okay, girl. Yeah, she. Okay, that was girl. very smart. That was very smart of her to do because she recognized... This guy's really good. Right. And if I just let him focus on the game, we're going to draw or he can beat me. Right. I got to do something else. So I think this is the first time where she started. If you ever played chess, we, we talk about this all the time. You're not playing the board. You're playing the person. Okay. Right. I, I really, I said this last time, I don't know anything about chess. So. Yeah. So yes, you are playing the board, obviously, but the strategy comes from the human. Right. So sometimes what you need to do is find out that person's weakness, which is why uh, uh, old buddy, Benny, was studying her. He found out her weakness. They talked about remember the the janitor 
talked about her anger. She mm-hmm. has so much anger. That's part of her weakness. Mm-hmm. Just somewhat what the Russians were talking about on the elevator. Right. So I think in this moment, she matured as a player to understanding that I'm not just playing the board. I'm playing this guy. And I can throw this guy off because he has his crush on me. Mm-hmm. So let me just do some stuff and intimidate him. That wasn't just also a crush move. That was a I'm better than you move. Mm-hmm. I need you to think that I'm better than you. How how amazing am I that I can walk off when you're doing your turn? I can, I'm going to act like this is nothing. That's intimidating, especially as a kid. Right. At first, you were sitting down. I had you for five hours. Now you come back and you act like this is nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like you yawning. You know what I'm saying? True. So uh, two things you can play and you played him and then... He, and then he said it, you know, for you, Beth Harmon, I will resign the, the, the old-fashioned way, you know. Mm-hmm. He, so he did definitely have a crush on her. Very but true. then we we come to the moment we've all been waiting for. Beth plays Borgov. <laughs> and Beth loses to Borgov. <laughs> I have to say his name like that. I'm sorry. Um, that was huge. You know, it was it was super, like a big moment. But I think that it wasn't too big for us because we knew how much of a badass he is. Right. So it wasn't like she just lost to some simp. Right. You know what I'm saying? She lost to somebody who is a grandmaster, an international grandmaster. Right. And I like the elevator scene because I like that it showed that he also knew how good she was. Yeah. He, he, he respected her. He wasn't coming in thinking that it was nothing, right? Right. He knew exactly who his opponent was, and he knew how good she was. He respected her, and that's Unlike what you gotta the do. In his entourage, it, right? Because they were like, "Oh man, she she do this. She got this flaw. She mm-hmm. this. She a girl. Just much like other women." <laughs> and he was like, "Okay, <laughs> Shut up. this other girl whoop y'all ass." Okay, I'm not finna slip on this girl. This girl is respectable. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and then she goes up to the room to talk to her her mom, and we find out. That Alma is dead in the bed. And as she's talking, my literal comment was, is she dead? I said it just like that too. Is she dead? And she was dead. Is she dead? I wonder what book she was reading. She had a book on her stomach. Yeah. So I kind of wonder what book it was to see if it played in or something, but topic for another day. And then, um, yeah, the mom dies. Austin still an ass. Mm-hmm. And now Beth is alone again. Again. So that is the overview of what happened in episode three and four. If you already binge watch it, you need to remember those are the things that happen. Uh, I think some general comments. We move on real quick. Here's what I will say about these these two episodes, the culmination. I put this in the Facebook group. I maybe put it on IG. The lighting in this show is incredible. Incredible. And I agree. Here's why it's incredible. Let's just break it down for you. They're using so much natural light. And I think the reason why they're doing it is to show the older times Mm -hmm. when you had to light candles and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. where electricity wasn't as uh, popular as it is now. And so you would go to rooms and basketball courts. I mean, I've been in old gyms before. They didn't actually even have lighting. They Mm -hmm. had, they were facing a certain side of, uh, you know, the east or west side that where the sun would come in the afternoon. And so all the light would just be from the sun. Hmm. And they're, these are stuff that are built in like 40s and the 50s, right. right? These gyms and stuff. So if you look at the hotel scene, it's specifically in Cincinnati, also in Vegas, the light, none of it is coming from practical lights. And practical lights are, just to explain to you, like your lamp would be a practical light. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're using a lot of natural lighting. Or schemed natural lighting, which is that they take these lights and they put them outside and they essentially make it look like make it's it natural. Look like it's, right. Yeah. So the feel of it is supposed to be natural lighting. I'm sure they're using these expensive-ass HMIs that are very bright and they're pumping them into the, the thing. But either way, the lighting is incredible because the lighting shows so much emotion uh, of what's going on. So I can't, I'm going to try to find some more shots that I love and put them in there because if you cannot appreciate the lighting in the show, I don't think you, you can appreciate nothing okay like the lighting is incredible yeah it is also i just love this show so much because i love the time that it's set in you like the 60s yeah well i like the clothes and the music style and it's just really neat yeah, the clothes are definitely uh, nice. I like yeah. that style. I do too. You loved her swimming, uh, her bathing suit, right? Yeah, I did. And the dress she was wearing. Yeah, she's she's cool. When she's dope. she 
the dress that she bought that she was eyeing in the store. Mm-hmm. She bought that mug and was wearing it first thing in episode three. Mm-hmm. Coming in hot with it. All right. My favorite portion. Let's roll it questions. off. Questions. 21 questions. Okay. So starting off, how'd you feel about the episodes? Scott? Nine. One to ten. Nine. Nine. Okay. Nine. Nine. Um, and I say that because as I said before, it's hard to get a 10 mm-hmm. and for me at least, but this is me being again, stingy with my 10. I could easily give this a 10 because the writing was pretty flawless. Mm-hmm. The acting was pretty flawless. So where's the discrepancy? The discrepancy is not necessarily a discrepancy. It's just. There wasn't one moment. No, 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 no. <laughs> there wasn't one moment that a ten to me. There's moments where, I, like my like jaws, like wow, and I'm so in awe because I understand the effort that it took to to do this, okay. and it was something very different. So there hasn't been any of those moments. Now there was a ten moment, but I don't think that moment carried. I'll, t- I'll go to. I'll go into it later. There was a ten moment for me, but I don't think that moment carried into the rest of the show. Okay. So that's why I give it a nine. Nine to me is, mine, mine as well be a 10. 10 to me is just like, I'm never going to shut up about it. If you get a 10 out of me, I'm not going to shut up about it. It's forever going to be cemented in my mind as one of the greatest shows or scenes or whatever to ever happen. So, okay. Okay. but what you got? So I actually do give it a 10 just because there's not, th- there was nothing that also made my jaw drop and say, wow, but there was nothing that I could dock from it. I feel you. So, I feel you. I got a 10. 10 out of 10. While we're on it, what's your favorite scene? Ooh, I have several. So, okay, no, I feel you. Because I have a lot too, so it's hard for me to like dwindle down to one. Yes. So same. run them off. Okay. So um, my first favorite scene was when she hangs out with the apple pies. Ugh. I hate that. Right. I hate that. Um, I hate that name. But I really like that scene because it shows that she is still in school. She's still trying to connect with these people who are her peers, even though we saw her signing autographs. We saw that people created a chess club because of her. That's true. Um, so, we created a chess club. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that it was really cool to see that she was still trying to be her age, even though we clearly know that she is definitely advanced for her age right um and she just doesn't fit in and that's okay and i i love that we got to see that and i love that she realized that hey i'm just not like these people Mm. you know because i i'm sure at some point those are the popular girls and those are the ones that she wanted to be like and now she's like "Mm, y'all are boring or y'all are weird because you know they were dancing to the guy and like they felt like Every <laughs> that felt like what I what I think at least, and I'm not I don't have a girl group, so you can probably tell me this day. They felt like what I think the girl gatherings are. Yeah, <laughs> like, is that what the group chat is like? Eh, yeah, kind of. Am I being sexist? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be um I'm I'm trying to be honest and vulnerable. I feel like if there's a bias here, this is exactly, and it might be because this is where I'm getting my biases from, right? From yeah. watching TV shows. It just, when I watched it, I was like, wow, this is exactly what I would imagine would be happening. Right. Right. They're talking about guys and who would you want to trade your rook with? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like type of stuff. But Maybe at that age. Mm, yeah. Um. So that was a good one because I love to see that sh- her realizing that she's not like these other girls. Right. Um, my second favorite scene was when she was at the hotel and the twins went swimming with her Yes, because we really got to see that she has true friends yes. at this point. So those two guys, they're great. I agree. I love them. Mike I love and them Matt. so much. Um, and so I feel like they were just great friends. That was a great scene. She was truly having fun. Even the magazine article said the girl that never smiles, right? right? We got to see her genuinely laughing and smiling mm-hmm. and having a good time. Right. So I really liked that part. Um, when she lost for the first time, I think that that was a very, very important scene. And I think it was very important for her. So that's one of my favorite scenes because she's learning humility. Right. She's been the best, right? She's whooped everyone at such a young age too. 
And so I think that her learning humility was great. And I think that Alma actually got to be a mom in this Right, right. Because she, you know, is talking to her about losing and um and Beth's Beth is like, Yeah, ass. I guess you know about that. And mm-hmm. she was like, Well, so do you. So I think she got kinda got to be a mom and humble her and just you know, learn from your mistakes and go on. And then another favorite scene is when she flashes back to Mr. Scheibel, the janitor, telling her to resign respectfully. Right. Because I guess I should have said that one first. But it's showing that everything that he taught her is still with her. Those life lessons, too. It's life lessons. Yeah. And I think that that is so important in any sport. Yeah, and so. I love the way that they showed it first, specifically with him. They showed like kind of the entirety of that scene where he's mm-hmm. talking, like this is when you resign. And then a couple other times, they just showed him. Where right. she would look up and it's just him. He didn't have to say it, him doing things, right. it's just him with his hand across the table. And I love that because he really was the father figure that she didn't have. Right. And taught her life lessons. I so. like I like those. I like those. I like all of those. If I had to um those were Definitely in my mm-hmm. top list of favorites. Um, but if I had to choose one, I'm going to go with the Life Magazine article in her bedroom when they came okay. and did that. Um, and this seems like a boring scene. Yeah. Right? I kind of thought it was a boring scene. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you why it's my favorite. I think this is the moment where we find out about Beth more than any other moment. Very true. The reporter who is just a jerk... And it, yeah. and I think it kind of shows that like women at this time can also just be jerks and almost jealousy. Like I feel like the reporter is kind of jealous that like here's another girl or who's a, you know here's a woman who's kind of outshining everybody else and like I work so hard to be where I'm at and you're just a young prodigy here and everything's that's why everything was about her just being a girl and chess is a man's sport and mm-hmm. you should try this and that. But anyway, so and it kind you know what it felt like? What it felt like the interview. That happened between, um, I can't remember the guy's name, what network it was on, but it was uh, with uh, Serena and Venus Williams. And and their dad chimed in and, w- and was protecting them. Like, they've already answered this question. Let's move on to the next question. Why mm-hmm. do you keep asking them about this? Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll post that. Matter of fact, if I can find it, I'll post it on IG. This moment, I immediately was like, thanks for almost to step in this moment because that's what it felt like. But mm-hmm. also... Here's what we learn about Beth to me. Mm-hmm. Beth is, she loves chess. The show is about her and her relationship with chess. Mm-hmm. Also about her relationship to other stuff. But without chess, this is not a show. Right. Nobody cares about Beth if she's not playing chess. Why does she play chess? Why does she fall in love with chess? So the reporter tries to put her own spin on it. Is it because like you're an orphan and the king is like a father and the mother's like a queen? She's like, no, I didn't even notice the pieces. They're just pieces. I noticed the board first, Mm -hmm. right? She said it's 64 squares, and she specifically said, I can control it. I can dominate it. If I get hurt, I did it to myself. This Mm. one line is who Beth is. Oof. She, this is the one thing in her life because she has had no control in the rest of her life. The reason why she loves it, the reason why she's good at it is because it's the one thing that she has mastered. Right. She can control it. There's only an infinite number of, of, of outcomes. Right. And if she can learn those outcomes and master those outcomes, she can do it. And she has control over her own pain. So if I think about it this way, for me at least, if a barber messed up my head, me and a barber got to fight. I don't got no hair, but back in the day, Barbara messed up my head. He owed me five minutes. If I cut my own hair and mess up, I'm okay. I did it myself. Right. That's a protection, right? Mm-hmm. From whatever insecurity I may have, that's a protection for me. I did it myself. I can only hurt myself. Mm-hmm. She's had a revolving window of people leaving her life, mm-hmm. whether it be death or, or whatever else. She's been in an orphanage where they cared about her somewhat, but it was really only one person there who like was going to teach her the life lessons. But then she left that as well. Right. She went into an environment where she couldn't control that because you can't really control who you get adopted to. Right. But she went there. The only thing that she can control, she can control other people's comments. She can control this chess game. And I feel like 
we are all Beth in this moment. Now, chess might not be our game, mm -hmm. but there's some other area in our life that we're, what, we only do something, we're really good at it because of this exact reason. We can control it. We can only hurt ourselves in it. It's such a protective nature. And that tells everything about Beth. The reason why Beth does all of the stuff she does is based off of that one sentence. I can control it. I can dominate it. And if I get hurt, I did it to myself. That's I, good. I can have sex. I won't get pregnant. But I choose to have sex. Right? Mm -hmm. I could go out and smoke. I can go out and drink. I can do these drugs. I can keep it away from all this other stuff. But all of those things are areas I somewhat control. But this chess is where I really control it. Nobody can tell me what to do here. Until maybe she meets, you know, old buddy uh, a little bit later. But he didn't really tell her what to do. He just told her what her weakness may be. Right. Yeah, that's good. So I, I think like to me that was my, it was an interesting way to get to like, how do we stop using imagery? Because they've done a great job of using imagery mm -hmm. of showing who Beth is. How do we lay it out on the table for you? How do we, how do, how do we have her tell you who she is without her telling you this is who I am? Right. Right. Because saying this is who I am is cheap. Right. So that was why that was my favorite scene. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of Serena Williams, which was the great moment. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. Uh, I don't think I've seen that. And then it it just showed everything about her, why she is who she is. So Okay. Very nice. Yeah. So what was your least favorite? Uh, least favorite was... Or the worst scene. I'm gonna use least favorite because yeah. I don't think there was a worse scene. Yeah, but I that's guess what I'm thinking too. by by technicality we can use the word worse. But I'm gonna say least favorite. I would say the ending of uh, episode four, um, when obviously she's flying back and forth to Mexico to get them drugs and everything else, mm -hmm. because I don't want her to turn to drugs. Right, like I know this is a part of the plot, but as you become more attached to her, I just don't want that to be a part of her story. Right. She's so much greater than drugs. Definitely. Uh, and as we all know, drugs are not going to do anything but lead you down a path you don't necessarily want to be down. Mm -hmm. At some point, it's going to put you in a place where you can control something. And so I just, and that's really the reason why it's the, my least favorite. It's just because like, that's an emotional scene. It's like, man, you're just seeing somebody, you know, possibly throwing their life down a drain right and then they're so smart and they have right. so much going for them yeah and i think that both of our least favorite scenes we can kind of connect to and so my least favorite scene is when they're in mexico and it kind of feels like beth is having to be the mom right right because alma's going out with Manuel. Manuel. <laughs> Since you say it like that every time. Um, the mom's going out every night, coming home at the wee hours of the morning, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Um, not really going to her chess set? Matches. Matches, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, chess mates? That's not it. <laughs> um, <laughs> chess meets. Matches. Um, she's not really going because she's all about Manuel, right? Right. And the scene that I really hate is when Manuel leaves and Beth is having to, she doesn't have to, but Beth is comforting Alma and she's like, you know, sorry about that. Um, because it just feels like Beth is still a child, right? Like yeah. even though she's a little bit older, she's graduated by now, she's still young. And when I say a child, like, I don't want to say mentally a child, but emotionally. Right. She doesn't have the emotional competence of an adult. And so it just kind of, it sucks wanting somebody to be a parent and then you having to step up to be the parent, right? Right, right. Like, it, I, I just, that was my least favorite scene. I feel like Beth really needs someone to, I don't think she kind of stumbling on my words because I'm going back and forth. She doesn't need someone, but she wants someone to care about her. You yeah, know, definitely. She wants somebody to care for her and care about her. And I feel like she's not getting that out of Alma. Although I will say that she introduced her as her mother. Yeah. The, she, they were holding hands on the plane. Both of those really kind of surprised me. Because I was like, oh, maybe they have a better relationship than I thought. 
Oh, definitely. She even went, remember in the back of the car, after she lost, she she mm-hmm. reached for almost comforting. Mm-hmm. So I think you're spot on. I don't think that she needs it, but she definitely wants yeah. it. And I think that was even the point of, um, the, you remember at the beginning of episode three, the very opening of episode three was her real mom, who we can see has a, a slit on her wrist, mm-hmm. which is which is actually vertical. So she really tried to uh, attempted to take her life before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she stayed alive. Obviously, she goes in the water, and Beth kind of freaks out because she doesn't see her. Mm-hmm. And then the mom comes back from the water or whatever, and they're like inseparable in that scene. Remember, right. they're like jumping for joy, and she's carrying around and swinging around. So I think that was a way of leading, kind of the foreshadow of like that's what Beth wants. Mm-hmm. She wants that connection. She doesn't need it anymore because I'm sure. That's her life is so buried into chess. Right. She can rem- remind you, she can control it. Mm-hmm. When she's playing chess, she's not thinking about her mom. She's not thinking about the longing, right? Mm-hmm. However, here comes Alma. Alma is now coming to her matches. Remember the first time she went to a match, she said, Did you see the whole thing? Right. Right. So now she's getting used to that again. She's getting used, right? Just as she's getting used to Alma becoming a mom and her having a mom again, Alma's gone. Right. Yeah. So that was uh, tough. Don't tough, like tough. that. Yeah. But I feel you. Um, do you have a scene that you were just like, what is going on? Why is this here? Um, Not that I can think of, actually. Okay. I thought long and hard about it, but I don't think so. I think everything, like I said, I give it a 10 out of 10 because there's nothing that I don't like or don't agree with. Okay. So, well, what about you? I was confused at first about the little Russian boy. Okay. Um, I'm somewhat confused by the zoo. Mm. The zoo, and now that I think about it, I'm I'm somewhat still confused about the zoo. That's a good point. Um, oh man, I I put the Russian boy on here, but I really want to change it to the zoo. Okay, it's your podcast. You can change. I it. can do whatever I want to, right? The zoo is probably one. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I didn't need that. Yeah, I thought about that too, but then I thought that it gave us an insight on the grandmaster and how he is a family guy right you know but even then like what does that mean yeah you know like what does that mean to, and i know that the zoo was supposed to be her relaxing mm-hmm. or whatever but was it really relaxing when she went there she got smashed because she's drinking and then she sees uh borgov and <laughs> you know then, then it goes back to the chess matches or right. whatever this is true so the zoo one i'm kind of iffy on and then uh which is also why i may have gave it a nine but mm-hmm. i forgot about that anyway the, the little Russian boy, I couldn't for the life of me figure out what was the, what was the point of that scene. But I think it gave us insight to, I think it gave us a little bit of insight to Beth. She's matured a little bit. She's almost taking in what uh, Alma said about like, there's more to life than just chess. Mm-hmm. Right? Remember that whole thing? Right. She is asking the Russian kid, Beth is asking the Russian kid, what do you do? You're going to win in, in three years. You're going to be 16. What next? And he's like, I don't understand. You're going to win at 16. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? He's like, I don't understand. I think what she's saying, she's talking to herself. Uh, Yeah. Beth is playing herself. The the little Russian kid is her. Right. This is at a younger age. She's she's having that conversation with herself. What are you going to do? When all of this is said and done, you've become the grandmaster or whatever else. What are you going to do? Yeah. Maybe the little kid's going to come whoop your ass. But then either way, you've met your life goal. If that's your life goal, what is... That's the top. You've reached the pinnacle at 16. What else? What then? Yeah. That's and that's true. probably a, maybe a little bit of what she's been thinking to herself as she's grown older, which is why she became maybe a little bit more loose into her life. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably say that was one I was thinking at first. Why is she there? But or why is it there? But I think it offers a little insight. But agree. anyway, who do you love the most? Um, And you can't say Beth. Excuse me. This Why is not? your podcast. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm going to say Beth. I <laughs> didn't see that coming. No, I love the good Beth. <laughs> so I love when she's playing. I love her. I, I just love her as a character. I love her resilience. I love her drive. I love that even in her off time, she's practicing. I love that 
when she came home from the matches and she was playing and her mom was like, what are you doing? And she said, replaying all of my plays to see where the weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. That shows so much dedication and love for the game. And I love that. I respect it because my lazy ass would not. (laughs) No. You you wasn't first in the gym when you was playing softball or nothing? Nah. I mean, I feel you. No. <laughs> I think this is though like an insight into like the greatest. They always say like people like Michael Jordan, LeBron, right. and stuff like that. They are. This is what they're doing. It becomes right. their life, and yeah, and, I, and that's kind of the moment where we start to see the mom saying like, "Well, there's other things than just chess." Right. You know, exactly. and I think it's kind of hard for some people, um, you know, to try to accept that. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, who do I love the most? I'm not gonna say Beth. It's very obvious for the first four episodes. I love Beth, Beth, Beth. I feel like I have like a lisp, but I love her the most. Mm -hmm. I connect with her the most. Mm -hmm. So every time we do this, I'm going to try to find somebody either different or other than Beth that I enjoy. And it's the twins, Mike and Matt. And simply for what you said earlier, they're genuine friends. Mm -hmm. They don't care that Beth is a female. They don't even care that she's the greatest. They don't care that she's the greatest. They... Just want to help her. They want to be around her. They're always somehow around where she is. They recognize stuff. Like, I loved whenever they went to go eat. And then afterwards, she was like, oh, hey, your mom got a new friend. That, to me, lets me know that, like, they pay attention. Mm-hmm. They remember. They're still connected. Like, I enjoy that. They jump in the pool with her, mm-hmm. you know, when they probably weren't even intending to swim or whatever. So, it really just shows that, like, these two people are going to be two people who are always going to be in the corner of... Beth. Right. Then I enjoy them because throughout the show, I don't think that there's ever been a moment where I was like, eh, on them. But, yeah. and, you know, even at the beginning when they were like, yo, you, what? They didn't know who Beth was. Mm-hmm. And so when they're like, are you serious? You're going to play this person and that person? Like, they're really good. They're not, that's not an indictment on Beth. You know what I'm saying? That's right. just them like not understanding who Beth is. Right. And then they figure out Beth and they become better friends with her. So Yeah. And I hope that we see more of them. Like, I hope she really leans on them since she's kind of alone again. Right. Right. Which is, I hope so too. Yeah. They're my favorite characters uh, outside of Beth. Um, Who's your least favorite? Okay. I'm going to change it up. Okay. I still hate Austin, but I don't think he's like a, you know, whatever. Austin's an ass. Right now, my least favorite is Benny Watts, and let me explain why. Okay. Benny is not my least favorite because he's like a, uh, you know, a prick or nothing. I don't like his trope, and and on a personal level. Okay. He to me represents the person who was. You ever had that person in school who was just like giftedly athletic or smart or whatever, but doesn't apply themselves. Yeah. Or just fell in kind of the wrong tracks they had it all laid out for them and somehow they 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 went the wrong way that's who benny represents for me and i can't stand that i hate that that's just like there's nothing worse to me than seeing and it's probably because i'm an educator and i want everybody to do good there's nothing worse to me than seeing somebody who has it all benny's got it all benny's smart benny's got the ear of people people listen to benny People take his chess advice, but we can see that like he doesn't play in tournaments except the second one. Even in that time, he was kind of drunk and like, eh. and and he should be as good as he is. He should be a focal point. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not. Why is he not? That to me shows that like, even the way that he talks, the way that he brings is just so lazy. Not that he's lazy, but it's so like, I have the talent, but I'm not going to apply myself. Right. He could be a grandmaster. He don't want to be. Mm-hmm. I can't stand that. It's the reason why, for the longest time, I couldn't stand Dwight Howard. <laughs> Literally, Dwight Howard, kudos to him. He just signed with the 76ers. He won a chip last year. But I, the reason why I respected him and liked him last year is because he finally understood what his role was and he did it well. Played it, yeah. He played it. He said, this is what I am and I'm going to play it. And I loved him when he did that. Before, he got caught up in the fame. He got caught up in other things. And every night, Dwight Howard had an opportunity to go out there and get 20 and 10. He had a, Every year, he had an opportunity to be MVP of the league. Right. The most dominant big man in the league. 
didn't do it. Didn't apply itself. I feel the same way about Benny. Yeah. Benny has the that. opportunity to do that. So that's, that's why point. like I just really can't. I don't not that I hate Benny. I just really can't stand his that trope. It's just like <clears throat> on a personal level, I've seen that way too many times. I went right. to a big high school. I seen plenty of people who were much better than me. Uh, and I was a good player, but were much better than me, who could have went to the league, done great, wonderful things. They just didn't apply themselves. Didn't apply themselves, didn't have to drive. I feel that. Um, so the character that I don't like, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, I would say it's also <laughs> because let me explain. You ever have that friend who left a relationship, right? Because it was bad for them. Right. But then they keep going back and you just want to shake them and say, leave them alone. Right. That's how I feel about Beth and her activities. The the drinking and the drugs and the tranquilizers. Like, I don't want to see her spiral. Right. And so it really... It just makes me want to shake her when she does these things because I'm like, please look at how far you've come with no one. Right? Mm-hmm. You could have gotten here with or without Alma. Like, yes, you loved the support. Yes, you loved her being there. But you were the one paying your entry fees. True. You were the one setting up your travel. Facts. You could have done that with or without. So you've gotten this far by yourself. Please do not throw it away. <laughs> and so I, it just, oh, I love her and I want to shake her. <laughs> no, I feel you. I definitely feel you. Um, she does have like a dark side yeah. and I can't stand that. Part of that is kind of what is the same way I feel about Benny. Yeah. Right. Not necessarily his dark side, but it's like, bro, you have it set up. Just run a table, bro. Run a table. Right. It's so much easier to do good than it is to like mess up like my parents have always said that i've always believed that it's like bro just stay on the right path the right path is boring we all know that you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying it's just it's boring to be good born to be right all the bad stuff is on the fun side uh i don't say all but a lot of it is it really is fun but like bro you don't have to indulge for you to figure out you don't like something right and um she obviously is very troubled. She has trauma that she hasn't healed from trauma that she probably doesn't even realize that she has because she's pushed it down. And that's, you know, um, I think it was Scheibel, Mr. Scheibel, who was like, you have so much anger. So much anger. Yeah. You have so much anger in you. And I feel like that is going to run her. Yeah. Especially now that she lost the one person that she got super close to. So I hope that doesn't happen. However, in the opening scene of the whole series, we see that she's still taking tranquilizers. Yeah, she's still so. late, so it might be her downfall. But um, all right, real life application. What you got for me? Okay, this one. I think for me, I really related to these three, these two episodes, three and four, okay. because. Specifically, when she was talking about the game of chess and why she loves it, mm-hmm. is that the one thing I can't stand for people don't understand. And I think the mom doesn't. Alma didn't understand this at some point too, as well. When you are that into, when you're that passionate about something, when you see it that way, when I see it as I can dominate it, it's a part of my life. It's a force. You know, it's it's my realm. Mm-hmm. It is not just a game. Right. And like the one thing I could not stand as an athlete, specifically when it came to football, sometimes when it came to basketball, but my passion for football was my most passionate area. Don't tell me, at least back then, and even now, it's not just a game. So much more than a game. Right. And... I mean, just think about it. What in life gets you upset if you were to lose it or if you couldn't control it and it didn't work out the way you want to work out? What? Do you have anything? 
everything. <laughs> no, 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 I'm no, a control. No, no, no. I like control, though. So right. So and it could be. It could be that it's you. everything for you. <laughs> you. <laughs> it could be that it's everything for you. It could just be one thing. It could. It could be. But the the real question I'm getting at is that why does it make you upset? Because you can't control the outcome. Is it also for because <laughs> right, 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 right? Is it also because you've put, or maybe you perceive that you've put more into this than just what the average person would or whatever? Yeah. You care more about it. Yeah, that's why I'm upset. I care more about it. Yep, I'm yep, mad. Sure. So the way she sees, it, like that was like a huge thing for me. Don't. This sport is not just a sport to me. The way that I watch football now, you watch me watch football. I could, I'm, I stand up the whole game. I'm very in tune with the game. Sometimes I'm calling stuff before the sports mm -hmm. caster calls it. And you're like, oh, and I always say, put me in a booth, right? I don't see, football is not just a game to me. My, that was my kingdom. That was my realm. When out of all the other sports, I could hide behind my, um, my helmet, I can hide in my shoulder pads, and I wasn't Corey. You know, I was just 77, and I was a member of the offensive line. Oh, and, line? Right. You know what I'm saying? I was a fat boy. Shout out to the fat boys. <laughs> fat boys. Um, and I was good. I was damn good at it. Mm -hmm. And you wasn't you, – you could be stronger than me, but I was still going to beat you. You could be faster than me, I was still going to beat you because you're not going to be smarter than me, and I'm going to put in more work than you. Okay. And what that did for me – in my life, the confidence I got from football and playing that way and in between the lines bled into my real like the real life, right? So football to me was that. It was where I was, I was, I could be a king in my kingdom. When I had 10 brothers and sisters that was doing a whole bunch of other stuff, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So life is more, I mean, games are more than that. People are more invested to everything that they're doing. The life lesson for me, the real application is I can see the way she plays chess is the way it was more than a game to her. It was her domain. And I see that in the way that I played football. And sometimes the way I still play other stuff, but the way I play football and the way I love the game of football, that's my domain. And like I would be devastated if football was taken away, you right. know? Anyway, what about you? Yeah, I like that a lot. Um you talking also reminded me of the scene where she's playing through every scenario in her head and you actually see the chess pieces yeah. moving around. I really like that scene. I forgot to mention that earlier. Um, what I took away from this, these episodes and what I can um, apply to daily life is the lessons that sports teach you. Obviously, you and I were both involved in sports. Heavily. Um, chess is a sport. And I think that it just shows you so much outside of the sport. Like you were saying, um, it shows you when to resign. Yeah. You know, respectfully. Like, maybe not resign, but... You understand you when understand you're You understand when you need to walk away. Right. Whether that's in a relationship or an argument or a job or, you know, you understand when you can no longer do anything else you can't make any more moves and you need to just step away right. respectfully um and and just the things that come out of it i have coaches to this day who their words are still in my head yeah facts. Um, and i still talk to they my were coaches. some of the most influential people in my life right facts. and so i think that her flashbacks to mr scheibel are super important because I feel like anybody who plays sports, you know, you may have that coach that was a jerk who ruined a sport for you, but you probably also have that coach who is a hero is yes. Yeah. You know, is an influential part of your life. They yeah. may have said something one time that made you think, you know what? I can go to college or, you know what? I can do this or do this. You know, I have no limits, whatever it may be. I just love, the lessons that sports teach you um, about yourself and about life. Yeah. I literally say it all the time. Uh, one of my coaches changed my life. And um, shout out, I'm going to shout out one of my football coaches too, Coach Nelson. When all the Black Lives Matter stuff was going on, Pinelli. 
Yeah, P. Nelly, man. <laughs> he reached out to me. Like, he, this is my high school coach. You know, I, he's, he's more than my high school coach. He's a lifetime friend. But in high school, he was my coach. But he was so much more than a coach. And so I feel the same way. And, and one of the biggest life lessons for me that, that sports taught me specifically is, and I, I literally, I feel like I used this with you yesterday when we had a conversation. I learned how to give my best, just give it my all, give it my best, and whatever the outcome be, accept that outcome. Right. When the fourth quarter horn blares and the game is over, if we've won, draw, or lost, I can't go back and change that. Right. I can only do the best I can with the allotted time that I have. Right. So that's a life lesson that I carry with me today. When I'm going to do something, I'm not going to half-ass it. I'm going to give you my all. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't, whatever. And I have to accept that. And I'm going to leave it where it's at. I'm not going to look back at it like, man, I could have did this better. No. I'm going to give it my all, and then we're going to keep it moving. Right. So I appreciate sports for that. I do like that. I mean, I can talk so much more about that. But shout out P. Nelly. Uh, shout out Coach Keith, because I say I say this all the time. Coach Keith changed my life in, in one night. Um, but anyway, listen, as always... If you made it to this moment, which is this is probably our longest episode. Yeah, this is a um, long episode. If you made it to this moment, we thank you so much. Thank we appreciate you. your listen. Uh, go ahead and what you know you're on that, you're on Apple Podcasts. I know you are. Drop us a review. Help us out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? If you like it, drop us a review. If you hate it, drop us a, uh, a review. Uh, but thank you for staying and listening the, this entire time. Uh, do you have any predictions before we move on? Um, none that I've already talked about. Yeah, me either. But I, I really don't have any big ones. I, my only big prediction is that she's going to lose in pairs. Um, and it's going to come full service. Time. Yeah, so full service, full circle. Sir, can I, I can't <laughs> talk. <laughs> I need water. I need some water, 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 water. Um, shout out to uh, Good Burger. That's a quote from Good Burger. Um, but anyway, as we're going to say again, and I'm going to say this every single episode. I'm going home. We going home here soon. Thanksgiving, y'all, is tomorrow. So turn up, eat some food, share this podcast with your family. Maybe you can watch a couple episodes of this. But hey, not only should you be eating turkey, maybe uh, dressing or stuffing, whatever you call it, with a little bit of cranberry sauce and uh, rolls. A lot of bread. You should eat a lot of bread. And gravy. And pies and gravy and all this other stuff. And green bean casserole. Green. Well, you <laughs> know what you should add to your, your Thanksgiving dish? What? You should add Mama Moore's gourmet popcorn. 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 Please go on the website. You know what I'm saying? Get you get get you a little package. Get you a little bundle. Order that. And when you get to the the checkout, put in the code. Press next. Get 15 percent off your order. If you walk in the store located in Grand Prairie, Texas, let them know we said hi. You say hi. And then also let them know, hey, I'm gonna use my promo code. Press next to get 15 percent. Off of my total order, get you some uh, popcorn. Matter of fact, if you have a, you should do a popcorn. How do you say it? Charcuterie board? <laughs> yes, charcuterie. Charcuterie? Charcuterie? <laughs> charcuterie uh, do a popcorn one. Do a gourmet popcorn one. How cool would that be? That would be cool. Um, also, they have smaller bags. Great for stocking stuffers. Yes. I know someone, shout out to Lauren, said that she has her company doing the company gifts through Mama Moore. So we super, super appreciate your support. And I know Mama, Mama Moore's does too. Um, yeah, she straight up did this. we don't get anything off of this, y'all. Yeah, nothing at all. We, we don't make no money off of this. We don't. We just really love popcorn and we wanted to give you guys something that you could also enjoy with us exactly and she was amazing enough to like no questions asked she was like i got you like i support what y'all doing i got you so and support small businesses too definitely i mean with covid it has definitely been a hard year for small businesses mm -hmm. so. so if you got the coins uh, we definitely would appreciate you supporting her business also Here's what we are going to do, and we're going to say this every uh, episode. We're going to start next month, but if you go on our IG page and click on the link, uh, the link in our bio, you can fill out a form. The link is the Press Next Package. Every month, we're going to randomly select somebody and send them to their front door a package from the Press Next Podcast, okay? That package will include some very nice, cool, fun things. Hopefully, for a movie night. Yeah, yeah, for a movie night, maybe a little date night. Uh, or whatever but we just want to show our appreciation to y'all because y'all show up every single week 
uh, y'all engage with us y'all listen to us so we sure do appreciate it and we're gonna do that uh and then last but not least as we always say we are self-funded we don't make, make no money off of nobody else you know what i'm saying we ain't got no deals with nobody <laughs> we just uh we do this for the love of what we're doing and so if you love our show uh you want to show your appreciation go ahead and show show it in a financial way for us please drop us uh, some money at cash app or venmo both press next podcast okay send us some love a fiver a one dollar a hundred dollars uh, one thousand dollars twenty dollars 50 cent whatever you want to send send us something write us a nice little note uh we'll add it to our account we are saving up obviously to get some uh some newer equipment because we want to offer a better experience for you all Absolutely. Um, yeah and we're a community so and if you do feel so inclined join our facebook group where Facts. we have discussions we also take recommendations for what we should watch um throw those our way we are going to be having another watch party coming up so Corey, let them know where they can find us yes at the press next club on facebook okay so if you go to facebook join our facebook group press next club uh, if you want to be uh join us or uh, follow us on twitter we are press next pod on twitter and on ig the wonderful instagram press next podcast uh so follow all of those things engage with us uh, I challenge you this week just to tell one other person about us if they really like movies and TV shows. And if you find yourself at work or any other time like talking about Queen's Gambit, you tell know what I'm saying? Us. Tell them about Let us. Let them know. Let them know that we can drop it in. Uh, and shout out to our listeners from the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know who you are because we would love to engage with you as well. So we got a couple people out in the Netherlands that listen to us. So shout out to y'all. We appreciate that we have somehow already went international. <laughs> so uh last but not least we got one last message for you that we leave every single episode what you got boo yes listen when you're watching tv when you're watching netflix hulu are you still there mm. yes i'm still here yep. i just haven't moved all day leave me alone always press next always do it man binge watch these shows have fun take care of yourself we love y'all happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving <laughs>